Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. Good morning, Beth. Hey, how's it going? Oh, just dandy. We just got back from California. Had yeah. a good trip. Yeah, was it good? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. You look well rested. Uh, yeah, debatable. Great. I'm putting on a, <laughs> the perfect front then. <laughs> you have your caffeine ready. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, good. You guys, um, yeah, the family's been healthy? Yeah, everybody's been good. I know. Can you believe it? I actually, I'm surprised because we have not had, knock on wood, mm-hmm. um, any illness so far this winter. And usually that's kind of when it rears its head. How about you guys? Right. Oh, uh, yeah, we've been really excellent you know considering we're in the middle of a pandemic it's very surprising that i know the health of our family so i keep waiting knock on wood right (laughs) i keep waiting for the shoe to drop right yeah but yeah no we haven't had the flu and uh we haven't had any other like you know illness at all so hopefully maybe maybe that goes to show the work that we're doing on ourselves is there you go yeah let's tell ourselves that yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have you have you ever we're going to be talking about chemo today, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Have you ever felt any illness as close to the side effects that you felt from chemo? No, but I also didn't feel awful on chemo. I know so, you said that. Yeah, but it do, it is a I mean, it's like a feeling that you can't really describe because it, it is, doesn't it doesn't compare to anything to anything else. Like I want to say I I think I envisioned it feeling like nausea from pregnancy or just like feeling blah which I feel like you also feel like in pregnancy but I felt like I had moments of the most energy of my life but at the same hello, time steroids I, yeah hello steroids <laughs> um, yeah I remember being up to like one or two o'clock in the yeah. morning being like I have to go to bed how do I physically shut my engine off um but at the same time also just feeling like drained and depleted and I yeah. remember calling it steroid Fridays because mm-hmm. I would get treatments on Thursdays, mm-hmm. which is when they would give me those steroids. And then Friday, I felt like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of counterintuitive. You think yeah. you're going to feel really awful. And then, you know, for me anyway, that next day was when I got everything done. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, the steroids were my favorite part of treatment. <sighs> really? Did you gain maybe, weight? Maybe, yeah. The, my, the mental part of steroids was hard for me because I all I did was crave like pizza and toast with butter See, and I was the, things that I did not like mm, to eat. And I, the mental, mentally, I was going, you shouldn't eat this. You shouldn't eat this. You shouldn't eat this. But it like feels so good. I, I was the thinnest I ever was on ke- mm. when I was going through chemo. And that was another benefit. I was mm. like, this is great. I haven't been this thin since high school. Now, my husband was like, I can feel your butt bones. This is gross. Yeah. Like he did not like it at all. He, but you were also sick, though, right? What? With chemo? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so I think there's, be, the, there's the other side of that coin. But I wasn't nauseous. It's just I didn't have an appetite, you know, mm. I, and I actually felt really good for half a chemo there. Were, well, well, let's get into it. OK, let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk yeah, about it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's tell everybody. Getting what excited I here. Know. <laughs> 
Well, chemo is a big deal. A lot of women are yeah. just incredibly fearful mm-hmm. of what chemo is going to be like. So yeah. I hope that today is going to be helpful in yeah. terms of what our what our expectations were. And yeah. um, so what are we going to talk about today? So we're going to talk about getting a port. Mm. Um, you got a port. I didn't get a port. So right. we're going to kind of go through what we went through with those and, and what we know about it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about chemo fears, some of the fears you had, I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? Let's just talk about what chemo was like for each of us because, or for both of us because mm-hmm. you kind of coasted through and felt pretty good. Mm-hmm. I also did well with chemo, but you had four treatments. I had 16. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, I wasn't doing as well as you were, let's say that, but it yeah. wasn't as bad as I had built up in my head. So let's yeah. just talk about all that. Yeah, let's do that. But before we do that, let's hear from our first sponsor. Hair loss is consistently ranked as one of the most feared side effects of chemotherapy treatment. The emotional impact chemo hair loss can have on patients has been well documented. Scalp cooling is a simple treatment that can prevent hair loss caused by certain chemotherapy drugs. The use of scalp cooling is proven to be effective in preventing chemotherapy-induced alopecia and can result in people retaining much of their hair. Paxman is the global leader in scalp cooling. Their cold cap is scientifically proven to reduce hair loss during chemotherapy. If you are facing cancer treatment, and concerned about losing your hair, ask your provider about scalp cooling and visit our website at paxmanscalpcooling.com. That's paxmanscalpcooling.com. And we are back. So it's kind of awesome that Paxman is our sponsor right now with us talking about chemo. Um, oh, and hair loss. And hair loss. Uh, yeah, that was that was actually a large consideration of mine before I went into chemo, but... Um, I think we have talked about that in, in previous episodes. So go back and listen to that if you're curious about what that was like. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because losing your hair was a big trauma for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For, sure. for me, but, it wasn't quite as bad. But yeah. every woman's different. So for yeah. some people, their biggest fear is is the loss of hair. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you if that's you, then definitely uh, pay attention to Paxman. Maybe they can help you retain most of your hair through treatment. Yeah. So. So what was Beth tell me because I and and I'll share this in a little while but I didn't end up getting a port. What was what kind of went into your doctor and your provider's decision on getting a port and what was that like? All right, so Let's start with what a port is. Oh, yeah. Great place to start. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I wasn't sure uh, what a port was, but what it really is, is a small implantable disc that has like a thin tube attached to it and they attach it to a vein under the skin. So the main advantage is that chemo meds can be delivered directly into the port rather than a vein in your arm, which eliminates the need for needle sticks. They told me at one of my visits, they're say, they said, okay, here's the date that you're going to get your port put in. They didn't give me an option. They didn't tell me I had an option, mm-hmm. probably because I had 16 chemos coming. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have destroyed my veins, mm-hmm. you know, if I would have gotten an IV each time. So it was just, hey, you're going to have a port put in. Here's the date of it. This is what's funny about this. So I just thought it was going to be a real simple outpatient procedure. Mm-hmm. They go in. They I, I don't know what I expected. So I had been talking to a friend who was a nurse. And I said, oh, you know, she asked what I was doing on Tuesday. And I said, oh, I'm getting my port put in. But I said, after I get done with that, you want to go shopping. <laughs> and she, she's like, Beth, 
do you know do you know what this is this is a surgical procedure you're not you're not going to be able to go shopping i had no clue yeah it's Earth a, to beth right 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 yeah as is me i had no clue that this was you know an actual procedure where i was going to be under anesthesia so that's what they do they usually place it on the chest wall they make an incision that's like three centimeters in the skin on the front of the chest and then they make a pocket like under the skin for the port to be inserted and then the the tube, like the catheter, is fed through the vein until the tip of the catheter is sitting in one of the large veins in your chest. And then basically they put the tube to the port and your vein and they access your vein through that disc. Gosh, so, that sounds so complicated. Doesn't it? So, okay, <laughs> yeah. it looks like a quarter under your skin. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a quarter under your skin and they basically just put the needle on that quarter. Rather than uh, having to access a vein, does that so make sense? Does, when you when you go in, so it's not. It's from what it sounds like, it's not like lack of needles. You still get poked, but basically uh, they go yes. right into into like this quarter versus having to find a vein. Yeah, because which, the vein's which is, already been accessed, so right. it's under the skin you can't yeah. see it. So when when you when you and what they do is, I think it's like general anesthesia, mm-hmm. and they kind of put you. I think they do it in the X ray room, and I mean, I was very. I was aware of what was happening, but I couldn't feel, and it was very, I was very loopy. You were, your eyes were open while this was happening? And, no, because oh. drugs work really well for me. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but I was aware. I could hear them talking over me. I could, mm-hmm. I could, it's kind of like getting a tooth pulled, right? You mm-hmm. feel some pressure. Yeah. You can feel them working on you, mm-hmm. but it's not, you're not in pain. It's got not it. painful. You're just kind of out of it as mm-hmm. they do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you wake up, you've got like this, what looks like kind of this quarter, and mm-hmm. you can see it. It's a perfect circle mm-hmm. underneath your chest. Mm-hmm. But when they access it with a needle, it's, I think the needle kind of looks like a nail. I mean, oh it's, my gosh. it's thick. It's thick. But it doesn't hurt. Oh, no, it hurts. Oh. I don't okay. know if I should say that. Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> Yikes. So, I know, right? Now I'm scaring people. So, it depends on who your nurse is. Uh-huh. Because I would lo- I would start to look forward to if you, it you depended know. on who what nurse you got. Yeah. So, if I got this one guy, I knew that I was going to be in and out and it wasn't going to hurt at all. Mm-hmm. And then if I got somebody else, I'd be like, oh, no. Yeah. They will allow you to numb it. Mm-hmm. But to be honest with you, I've never been a fan of that numbing gel. I just don't think it works that much. <laughs> yes. So I just I just used to say for, you know, I'd forego the gel and just have them do it. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But it does save your veins. Yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of picturing, you know, you get this and, and now if you have a fear of needles, that's kind of like gone. And, and I remember going in for my very first fill injection with my implants and being so freaked out that it would hurt and then it didn't hurt at all. So it's interesting to hear that there is lots of... I mean, it's not pleasant. I'm not going to lie yeah. about it. It's it, And it really does depend on the nurse that you get. Mm-hmm. But I equate it to like taking a thumbtack and pushing mm-hmm. it into your skin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, so I'm for freaking, any... I'm for, freaking people out. I know. Right for anybody, I, I guess it's it's great that you're sharing the real. For anybody, though, I can, I think about... Sometimes there have been times I have really easy veins to access. They're pretty like, you know, I'm translucent, translucent. I have very white <laughs> skin. So my veins, you can see them. And I have had people who have a hard time getting IVs in on me. Mm-hmm. So at least with a port, it's like you're guaranteed one stick and you're done instead of, you know, hopefully, hopefully yeah. the hope is. But with an IV, I feel like there's a lot that could go wrong. You could miss the vein. You could blow the vein. You could have to do the other arm. You could get two or three sticks per, Yeah, you know, so. Well, I, I think that's the idea is, is that it's supposed to be easier, easier on your, you know, on your body. And yeah. it, I mean, it. They, they're very good at it. They do it very quickly. It's yeah. not something that's just, you know, 
going on and on and on. It's, yeah. It's a stick and then it's done and you're fine. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's it's more involved than I guess I had imagined. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that is what it is. Are you glad that you got IVs versus a port? Well, now that I'm hearing about your poor experience, yeah. <laughs> you know, I probably well, I have a high pain threshold, so I don't, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I mean, clearly, I didn't use the gel. Yeah. So let me say that I did not use the gel, people. Mm-hmm. I did not numb the area. Yeah. I think it's all part of the. Beth is also the one who has now talked me into not getting the lidocaine when I get my monthly Zolodex injection, which is like a pellet insert. So yeah. I think it's all part of the growth, like, I'm just trying to be a BA about things. Like. It's for me. It's all about efficiency. It's not about uh, trying to prove something. Yeah. It's about it shaves like five minutes off of being in the chair, five to ten minutes off the chair. True. So yeah. I get out ten minutes earlier if I don't numb first. Yeah. So for me, it's all about getting in and getting out, yeah. and not and not being stuck there. Yes, so I get that. You know. So I only had four chemos, and because my veins were easy to access, and because I only had four. I ended up having the IV or and we were we were actually doing a little bit of research offline about the difference between a pick line and an IV, which I still think we're a little bit confused about. So maybe somebody out there, a nurse can can clear that up for us. But what we found was potentially a pick line stays in. And because I had three weeks in between each treatment, I just had an IV every time, which was just a needle. So it wasn't like the plastic catheter kind of IV. Which yes. freaked me out because I was still a little needle phobic. But Are by, the, by the fourth one, which was actually the one where they had to stick me four times and call over the, you know, the Beyonce, the the Beyonce of, of needle pokes. Um, <laughs> right. it, I didn't find it to be terribly like it wasn't uncomfortable. It was fine. And I was glad to not have an extra scar and have an extra procedure. So the four the four was actually fine with me yeah. um, having it that way. But the downside of it is, and and I don't know, it's like chicken before the egg. Did this come because of some other reason or because I had chemo in general? Now, every single time when I have an IV, um, when I've gone in for all my surgeries post-chemo, I get phlebitis, I think it is, It's or thrombophlebitis. It's my arteries, um, wherever I have my uh, IV, swell and get really hard and very painful. So hmm. my last surgery... Um, and it happened both times I had surgery. My last surgery, they had to put my IV like on the the thumb side of my left hand. And it hurt so bad just to drive my car to move my wrist because hmm. it it gets like it's hard and you can feel it. And when you touch it, it's just like it's like knock you on the knees painful. Really? So I don't know if that came because of chemo and because I had it that way. I, I, I don't know. But so are you pro port now? Would you, I, I, would you I don't suggest? know if I, if I had to go back and do it the other way. I mean, I don't know what I would do. I think it would just it would depend greatly on how many treatments I was getting and what is that the price to pay to not have a scar mm. on my. I mean, how many IVs am I getting? I'm not getting a ton anymore, so yeah. it's not it's not huge. It is painful when I get it, and it's kind of a you frustration. See my scar right there. Can you see yeah, it? I, a little, a tiny bit. Yours it's, is really. Oh yeah, it's right on your your clavicle. Mm-hmm. So it's right on your collarbone. Yeah. No, no, no. It's well, it's yeah. a little bit down from there, but yeah, you can see yeah. that there. Yeah. It's not too bad. No, it's not bad at all. If I had it lasered by a dermatologist, you wouldn't even see it. No, I did. I was actually um, bartending a party on New Year's Eve, and a girl came up, and I saw hers, and I was like, "Oh, is that a port scar?" It like it was kind of a cool moment of it's like I your know battle, what's up. Yeah, your battle sign. Your battle. Yeah, your battle scars. You know, guys talk about that all the time. Yeah. There Chicks you go. dig those. <laughs> 
That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay, so that is it. Uh, that was our experience with port versus no port. Um, I don't want to scare anybody. It's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. But it, it you is. You should be aware. It yeah. is what it is, yeah. right? It's just yeah. one of the things. So, you know what I think, um, before we continue to talk about just chemo, do you yeah. want to do boobs in the news? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. I, I need some little levity after the port talk. <laughs> yeah, so boobs in the news is a fun segment where we read funny tweets from real people or ridiculous news stories. Bibs in the news, bibs in the news, bibs in the news. Okay. So this happened about a week ago. So it says, welcome to the whole, a whole new level of drunken regret. Oh, boy. So a 30-year-old <laughs> guy in England got super drunk on Christmas Eve and decided to legally change his name from Thomas Dodd to, drumroll, <laughs> <laughs> Celine Dion. <laughs> He must really like her music. <laughs> uh, so apparently he was watching Celine on TV at the time, uh, filled out the online application, paid the $120 fee, and then passed out and forgot all about it. Oh, no. So he didn't realize what he had done until he got the papers in the mail certifying his name change. Hmm. So, yeah, that's what happens when you're watching Celine Dion drunk on Christmas Eve by yourself. Um, he- I didn't realize it was so easy. Well, that's what I was going to say, is why are we making it that easy for people to change their name? They're just asking for drunken people to do this all the time. It's just more tax dollars, right? $120 and, you know, a quick little application and you can be Celine Dion. So what's funny about this is that he says he's planning on keeping the name. Really? Depending on how difficult it makes his life. Hmm. And this is from the Daily Dumbass, and they they go on record as saying, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess it's going to make his life very difficult. (laughs) You're hired for a singing gig. (laughs) Hope he's got that range that Celine Dion does. (laughs) I was just going to say, maybe he's going to get all the perks, right? Maybe. Like he can just, you know, start getting the best rooms. Yes. (laughs) It's okay. Put it on my tab. (laughs) If you had to change your name, what would you change it to? Oh gosh, you're putting me on the spot. Well, did you do you like your name? Yeah, I like my name too. Some people really don't like their own names. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I I have a pretty generic name, and I think it it's easy to fill out on a scantron. I like that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a scantron. What? You know, you had to fill in those bubbles yeah. when you take tests yeah, in yeah, like yeah. college. Yeah. yeah, it was like Sarah Paul. Easy. Oh, that's <laughs> like, funny. I didn't have like some long name that that's true. took all the bubbles. That's true. That's true. My uh my my maiden name used to be longer and then mm-hmm. my grandparents got tired of writing it on checks. Mm-hmm. And so they shortened it legally because they got tired of writing it. That feels like a lot of work. I, I mean, think of all the things you have to change. That's that. Hello. I was just I was sitting there thinking. I, I'm wondering, though, if that's where I get my efficiency streak from. Oh, maybe. you know, because I'm all about efficiency. Wow. So I didn't maybe- know efficiency was genetic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There you go, guys. That's our boobs in the news for today. <sighs> boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. And we're back. So let's talk about our fears we had regarding chemo. Mm-hmm. Were you were you scared? Uh, yes, I fully expected to be in the bathroom and throwing up, hugging the and toilet, like in the like movies. Awful, yeah, uh, yeah. And we've talked about this in previous episodes where I prepared for the absolute worst. Yeah, and yeah, you googled, googled everything, and looked up on all my Facebook groups, like who had this drug and how did you feel, and read through all the comments and prepared myself for the worst. 
Yeah, don't and, do, don't do that. We're gonna I say mean, that again. Don't do don't do that. Are you okay? I I'm I not, f- I feel like I mean I'm you know everybody is gonna be different. Do your thing, but I think what was the best part about it is like that first forty eight hours. You know that next day you're kind of wearing off the steroids and you're still on them and. And then after that, I was waiting, just like you said, like for the shoe to drop. Like, okay, at any moment, I'm going to start to feel nauseous and I'm going to feel what, bad. What drug and... was it? Do you remember? Oh, my gosh. I had cytoxin. Okay, so you had and, the taxol. And, ta- and taxotere. Okay. Yeah. So it was a taxane, like a taxol. Yeah. That was my... F- so that's... Okay. Yeah. So I had AC, which is what doctors and patients call the red devil. Right. I have, I have heard of this And one. then I had... So that was four of those. And uh-huh. then I had... 12 of what you had like the taxel okay and, and the red devil made you feel yucky the red devil was yes and the taxel was bar- like doable mm-hmm. kind of what you said gotcha so i i understand why you're saying that it wasn't as bad as you thought because mm-hmm. the taxel in comparison to the red devil was a cakewalk yeah so i do think that people have these misperceptions about what mm-hmm. it's going to be like my life more or less resumed to normal mm-hmm when I went on the taxel. Yeah. So I think that's encouraging. Yeah. It should be encouraging to people yeah. that if you have to take the AC, it is a little bit different. Yeah. You get the hard stuff done before. Yeah. And then you. Yeah. Which yeah. I tell people all the time when they're in the middle of the of the AC and they're just like, I can't keep doing this. I tell them when you switch to taxel, mm-hmm. it's going to be glorious mm-hmm. you're gonna it's just gonna be so much better yeah. you're gonna be you're gonna be so ecstatic yeah and so yeah thankfully the ac is not you know you don't have to do it very long it's for me it was four sessions every two weeks because it will take you pretty much much of those two weeks to recover yeah i don't know i wasn't i wasn't super scared because i didn't google mm-hmm. so I didn't Google. I didn't go online. I didn't ask anybody what their experiences were because I realized that every person's different and how mm-hmm. they respond to things is different. And mm-hmm. so I just thought, what's the point of me looking at this when it may not yeah. be me? So. Ir- ironically, my mentor at the time who had the exact same breast cancer as me had the exact same drugs as me. Mm-hmm. She was telling me about her experience. So I had that to go on as well. And I think what gave me hope was she would say, I'd have a week where it wasn't great. And then the next two weeks, because they were three weeks apart, the next mm-hmm. two weeks was fine. Mm-hmm. And then you get to go back in and do it all over again. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have you time kind to of, recover. Yeah, you know what to expect after that first one. Right. And then I think it's the first one, which I don't know if you remember how you felt with my first one. It, we had different chemos, but mine mm-hmm. was, it was strange. Like, it was really strange. <laughs> so... I feel like I have to tell this story. It's so funny. And I'm sure if this nurse ever listens to this, she will know how much she kind of like eased the fears. Uh, so I got I got two drugs every single time. And the first one took an hour to infuse. And the second one took 45 minutes to infuse. With my second one, uh, I hope it's okay that I share this. But she said she's like hooking it up. And, and they usually do like a saline flush in between. And she's telling me this as she's like, okay, we got 15 minutes to like let the saline flush through and then we'll do this um, and then we'll hook up the second drug. And she gets down and she like whispers into my ear. She's like, just so you know, some women, they experience an orgasm on this <laughs> drug. And I was like, How did I like you get sat, all the cool doctors. I sat back in my chair and I was like, what will I do? Uh, like, how will I keep that to myself? And, and so the entirety of the 45 minutes, you know, my husband, luckily, my husband was there with me. And like, he was the only other one. I was just like, 
I was waiting. Did I think, you tell Eric what she said? Oh, yeah, for sure. I was like, <laughs> okay, so this might happen. And, and like, I think a music therapist came by and played us a song. And I'm going, oh, just, if that happens while she's here, what will I do? And the whole time I'm thinking it's going to happen. And then it gets done and I go, I guess I wasn't one of the lucky ones. And so she comes to unhook me. And I go, so that didn't happen to me. And she was like, oh, honey, I was just kidding. (laughs) Well, you completely changed the way that I experienced my first chemo. And then I never forget. I mean, obviously, I will never forget that. But but what? I don't know. I will say that that, that's funny on so many different levels. I love that nurse. Mm -hmm. I just think good for you. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's a good point to make for people that while you're getting the infusion, you're not going to feel any different. No, you don't feel no. different during the infusion. It's not until later that the side effects like, you know, the side effects go in. Yes. So that is hysterical. Yeah, she was she was close. I also brought her pink Starburst every time because, you know, then she was obviously my favorite. And I of had to course. reward her. So. I had a favorite nurse, too. She'd always like yeah. grab me the best magazines. Yeah. You know, so everybody's got that favorite nurse. So if you're a nurse, be that nurse. Be the mm-hmm. nurse that, that the patient remembers because you yeah. just go above and beyond and mm-hmm. just make it bring a little levity or, yeah. you know, to the yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, my, my first infusion, I finished at eight o'clock because when I went in for it, you finished at eight o'clock. Uh-huh, what time did you get there? Uh huh. Well, I went in at a normal time, I think at two and they couldn't find my order. But so I I go and I go to check in. And I sit down and two hours goes by. I'm in the waiting room. I'm seeing everybody else go in. I'm sitting there for two hours. So I go up to the counter and I I ask the receptionist, I said, hey, I've been sitting here for two hours. You know, my name's Beth. And and she's like, okay, I'll check into it and see what's going on. So I was like, okay. And I sat back down. My mom went with me to my first one. I sat back down and I didn't know about it, but she left for the day. The receptionist left for the day. So I don't know if she didn't check, but she oh. left for the day. So I sat like another two hours. Oh, my goodness. Before my somebody, goodness. Before somebody rec- like realized I was sitting there mm-hmm. and asked me about it. And then they said, oh, we don't have an order for you. So then it was a question of we might have to send you home and you may not even get this. Well, we had, you know, geared up, perf- you know, emotionally mm-hmm. to have this this first chemo. And then we were being told, like, well, you might not get it. So we waited uh, another 30 minutes and the nurses tracked down the doctor, got the order and we proceeded, but I didn't get home until 8 p.m. So the actual infusion went off without a hitch. Like Mm -hmm. you don't feel any different when you're getting it. I felt totally fine when I got home. I went home and I remember I had two chicken salad sandwiches before bed. I was eating those steroids. Right, right. (laughs) And then I fell asleep around 11 p.m. And I think they had told me that, you know, we probably would, I wouldn't feel anything for 24 hours or whatever. But I woke up at almost 2 a.m. and I felt weird, mm-hmm. like really weird. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I noticed was that it felt like I was wearing a really thick second skin. Oh, yes. I do remember you telling me about this. This is interesting. I, yeah. I, I can't. I mean, that's the only way I know how to explain the sensation. Mm-hmm. It was the strangest thing ever. And I've never met anybody else that have, has said the same. Mm-hmm. It was really odd. And I had a twinge of nausea, like that felt more pronounced when my eyes were closed. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I had to, um, my head felt heavy. I felt like I had to go to the bathroom, but I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And then I felt the urge to drink something warm. So I went downstairs and heated up some vegetable broth and took it back upstairs to my room and sat in the recliner and just 
kind of, it was strange because these symptoms are happening and there's nothing you can do to really mitigate them. Mm Because that's the thing about chemo. It's not like you have a headache and you take Excedrin, Mm -hmm. you know, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever you're feeling, there's really, you just got to feel it. Yeah. And so as I'm sitting there in the dark and my husband's snoring next to me and I thought, (laughs) well, I'm not going to wake him up because so far it's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I just would document the symptoms as they were happening. It was just really odd. Yeah. And then and then it and it progressively got stronger and stronger and then it hit me pretty hardcore. And, you know, it the AC is, is difficult. It's mm-hmm. a difficult chemo. Mm-hmm. And you do you, you spend a lot of time in bed when you first hit and then you kind of crawl your way back out. So it hit you roughly about eight hours after. Yeah. And they yeah. told me it usually sets in 24 to 48. After. Oh, OK. Gotcha. So, I mean, for me. And I mean, that's pretty, yeah, it was quick. You say drugs hit you pretty hard. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, in every circumstance, I feel pretty heavily. So yeah, I was experiencing that really early. Um, I had a slight headache. um, But yeah, Yeah. it was, it was interesting. And so I had four of those and each one, I think people should know the, the more you get, the more, you know, fatigue and Mm -hmm. just kind of you feel. So with my second infusion, I didn't really have any other obviously I, just like you said a fatigue hit me more with every one but never to the point where i was like i cannot function but the only other i guess hiccup to say happened at my second one i thought i got this it's in the bag like it'll be just like last time like everything was fine mm-hmm. my husband had just left we he went to go do something and my friend was sitting there with me and i had just started my first the, the taxatere and I was trying to play it cool because like all of a sudden it felt like an elephant was on my chest Mm. and and I got this extreme pain in my back like someone was stabbing me and I flushed with hotness Hmm. and I was trying to keep you know when you have like even when you're like embarrassed about something and you try to keep it together and you're trying to hold it together but you eventually i couldn't anymore Mm -hmm. and the nurse looked at me and she knew immediately what was happening Mm -hmm. and I go what is wrong with me and she she yells out get the crash box stop and for and I'm like what is what's happening you have to talk to me I'm not one of those people that doesn't want to know I want to know what's going on with my body well apparently with the taxatere specifically there's a large chance that you the second time you get it, your body will do what it does the first time with it. And then the second time it will have a reaction to it. Mm. And it happens a lot because she lingered. I noticed she lingered close to me when they started that infusion and was right there when mm. it happened. And mm. and after the fact, she said, this happens a lot. And I said, OK, well, I'm not one of those people that doesn't want to know when those things are coming. Mm-hmm. I Tell me if something might See, happen i would have wanted to be surprised oh no <laughs> i because because then i could have said something sooner instead of just pushing it uh, down and mm-hmm. pushing it down like everything will be fine mm-hmm. but i guess your body has this massive allergic reaction so mm. then they dumped a ton of benadryl into me mm-hmm. which you know then after that i took a nap i think the rest of, yeah, of my cue out it wiped me out but yeah. it it was surprising and i i wish i had known about it so for everyone out there who likes surprises don't listen to this episode or sorry too late spoiler <laughs> alert <laughs> no i mean i it would have been fine if they would have said hey some t- we've talked about that i i say i would have liked to have been su- i would not have liked to have been surprised by that i'm just joking it, it's, I, th- it I think was unlike anything I've ever felt in my life, which is well, we've talked about <sighs> this before about doctors pre- or nurses preparing you 
for what could happen if they see it often, but then also reassuring you that they know what to do, that this isn't unexpected for them. So if, if the nurse had said, hey, sometimes patients have a reaction on the second one, it happens often. If so, we'll give you a bunch of medications and you'll feel better soon. Right. That would have gone, like you said, you would have spoken up sooner saying, hey, I think this is happening. And two, you wouldn't have been as fearful when she yells for the crash cart. Right. (laughs) And this is how I go. Right, 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 right. You're like, okay, didn't see this. Yeah. (laughs) I, I mean, I think that that's something that we've talked about before is that there is a way to tell patients what may happen without scaring them half to death. Yeah. And letting and assuring them that they, you do see this fairly often. Yeah. 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 Oh yes. my gosh, I can't yeah. imagine what that was like. Yeah. But yeah, other I, I than that everything was Yeah. Easy, I didn't have that ceiling. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have that. I um, you know, and I I will say I mean, for the AC, it's it's rough and you do have to dig yourself out and the steroids help. But there's nothing you can really do except for wait it out. Mm-hmm. You just you I wasn't doing you know, you couldn't watch TV. You couldn't really read. It was just this extreme fatigue and just mm-hmm. this general sense of um, not feeling well. But it was mm-hmm. really hard to pinpoint. Yeah, they do a good job, though. I mean, let's just say this. They do a good job with giving you a lot of different drugs to combat Mm-hmm. the side effects the best they can yeah so it wasn't I w- it was nothing like i expected but it wasn't unmanageable yeah if you're in the middle of this you can do this yeah we've all done it it's it's not fun but you can do it yeah you'll be stronger for it on the other side i think is yeah is, you get to tell these stories right yeah you get to go <laughs> tell your war stories sit around the campfire and tell your war stories later right yeah yeah uh before we kind of close out this episode let's hear from our second sponsor SSM Health is a proud sponsor of the Besties with Breasties podcast. One in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer during their lifetime. Early detection is key and keeping up to date on yearly mammograms could be life-saving. At SSM Health, we offer patients in the St. Louis area online scheduling for mammograms, including next day appointments. Visit ssmhealth.com slash schedule mam to make your appointment now. And we're back. So what do we want people to know about chemo? I think you just want to educate yourself as much as you feel comfortable and then and then prepare the best way that you know how, you know, get meals in place if you need that, kind of like we talked about last time with surgery and everything, um, and, and normalize your fears. Fears are okay, but to not over-exaggerate them because everybody's different. Yeah, everybody's different. It may not be near as bad as you're building it up in your mind, or it may hit you a little bit harder than you had been expecting, and both are okay. But um, mm-hmm. it's certainly not the chemo of the past, let's say yeah. that. You know, yeah. they have come a long way in managing side effects, mm-hmm. and um, and you're going to make it through just fine. I agree with Sarah that you need to put resources in place. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where you're going to really need people is during, I feel, do you feel that way? Chemo is where you really need people. I I think so. We had set in place to get meals delivered um, mm-hmm. at every chemo. And sometimes I felt way better than I had expected. So all the meals that were in place we were like, well, I mean, we could go, we could cook just fine. It's better to over-prepare than to under-prepare, under-prepare I say. Well, I don't think it's so much about, hey, we made you meals because you can't drag yourself out of bed. 
bed. It's it's the convenience factor. Yeah. Your life is so different and you're running to the hospital while managing kids. And mm-hmm. and so for me, it was just more of just coming home from chemo and having a meal that we could just heat up. Yeah. Which just incredibly practical and very helpful. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like what can they eat or how are they going to because when I was mm-hmm. at the height of my AC treatment, I wasn't eating anything. Yeah. I mean, I had no appetite, but it really made me feel good knowing that people were feeding my family. Yeah. You know, because I yeah. wasn't doing it. Yeah. As my husband was handling the kids, it really mm-hmm. helped to have somebody bring that. So, you know, put those kind yeah. of things in place or like yeah. Sarah said, have somebody mow your lawn or, you know, yeah. do the things that you need to do. But you're going to feel good. I mean, that's the thing. I want people to know that you're not going to be sick the entire time in between infusions. Right. Like for me, life goes on like normal. Right. Between, you will yeah. bounce back. Yeah. And as you progress, you will have more and more fatigue. And I think that's what we're going to talk about next time, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to um, we are going to talk with someone who started a whole business around fighting the fatigue when it, that when it comes to chemo. Yeah. And both of us benefited immensely by um, exercise. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that um, because fatigue is likely going to be your biggest side effect. And so mm-hmm. next time we're going to delve into that and discuss how exercise can be your best friend when you go through this. Yeah. Until next time, guys. See ya. See ya.